When Don was 30 and twice divorced, he got an invitation to be a dad that kind of surprised him. We've been dating for about four months and she's like, um, all right, I'm not getting any younger. I want to have a large family and I need somebody that will take care of the kids. So you're either on board with this or get to stepping, pal, because my clock is ticking. He said, okay. I'm like, whoa, well, all right. There's no sugar coat there. And uh, we made the agreement that we would have as many kids as we could until she turned 40 and then we were done. And I'll give up my career to stay home with them. Don's last job before dad was elevator mechanic. And it was a fantastic job because it took all the education that I'd amassed over the years and put them into one neat little job that paid really well. So I was doing welding. I was work I've always done my own wrenching on my motorcycles and my cars. So it took mechanics. Uh, my grandfather was a property owner and taught me how to do drywall and framing. And so it used that. I was an aircraft electrician, so I knew electricity. And I was an electronics technician in the Navy. So it took all of this information and all this, this skill set and put it into one neat little job that paid six figures and it was still dangerous as you get out because you're in an elevator shaft and there are a million ways to die in an elevator shaft. You either fall, you get electrocuted, you get crushed, you get ripped in half, you, you know, I mean, there's literally a million ways to die. And that was, was fun, it was fun. Uh, when Declan was born, everything changed. Uh, I slowed down. Um, why the hell am I getting emotional? <laughs> kind of gave my life meaning and purpose. And uh, I quit riding so fast. You know, I slowed down a lot. I didn't go out to the bars anymore, as near as much as I used to. Um, everything that I did, I started thinking about how this is going to affect Dyclin. It just had such a profound shift on my psyche. It's it crazy. I had purpose now. There's, there's a reason I'm here and, and, and something to work towards and work for. And there was many nights I'd just sit there with Declan on my chest, bawling my eyes out. Because it was just such a heavy weight. I'm barely emotionally stable as it is. How am I going to be a rock for this kiddo growing up and I feel like I'm doing it on my own. Uh, wife's never home anyway. Um, our family's not here. Why would I this crappy world that we live in, why am I bringing a child into it? And, you know, all these things are kind of rolled up into one. I guess I was, in that respect, I was suffering from postpartum depression. We were renting a house. Uh, it was a, kind of a craftsman style. The day I'm thinking of in question, I was sitting on the couch in front of the fireplace. Uh, this is a futon, one of the wooden style futons. Nice futon, still have it. I was just sitting there, I had Declan on my, on my chest, looking at the fire, and it was getting on evening, and wife still wasn't home, 
it's just like, how did I end up doing this? You know, why am I here? Why am I, why did I agree to this? You know, I was trapped. I was stuck. I couldn't do anything. I was not my own anymore. I belonged to someone else. I didn't have my own income. I didn't have my own job. I didn't, I had to be responsible for this child, but I couldn't provide for it because I, you know, it's it's all kinds of twisted shit in my head. I talked to the wife about it, and uh, she reassured me that my job is to take care of the kids, and I'm just as important as her breadwinning. You know, that's that's my job. Own it. But I was still very insecure about being a stay-at-home dad. And, like, my dad had said, oh, what good are you doing living off a woman? Where's your pride? Where's your, you might as well turn in your man card now and go wear a skirt. And I was like, I'm like, dad, fuck off. You know? Um, but at the same time, I felt those insecurities, too. Uh, growing up the way I have and living the lifestyle that I've lived, it's like, yeah, I'm, yeah, I might turn, must turn in my man card. And, and I was wrestling with this for a long time. And uh, until I was at, uh, where, where the hell was I? I was on a ride. I was going out to Wyoming. I was, I was on my motorcycle. And I'm, I'm wearing my colors, you know, my club members. So. I stopped off at uh, this place called Devil's Slide. It's in Utah. It's just a really cool rock formation. I stopped there to take a break. And as I was just standing there stretching and breathing the beautiful air, uh, another motorcycle has stopped as well, probably for the same reason. Turned out he was a, a bandito. Bandito's Motorcycle Club is one of the most notorious outlaw motorcycle clubs in the world. That's the epitome of masculinity in the world that I come from. I'm also a full pat, what they call full patched motorcycle club member, so it's okay. And uh, we sat there, struck up a conversation. And I knew, inevitably, when you strike up a conversation like that, the question will be, so what do you do? Right? That's what guys talk about. So, what do you do? And I'm sitting here rack, rack, racking my brain trying to figure out how I'm going to answer this question that I know is coming. And I was like, well, how am I going to answer this? I used to be in the military. No, that's not going to work. Oh, I was an elevator mechanic. No, I, 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 maybe I used to be a welder. Something cool, something more manly and masculine. Just, and... Um, Sure enough, he asked, he says, so what do you do? I looked at him, stone cold face, and said, I'm a stay-at-home dad. That's what I do. And he stopped dead in his tracks. He looked at me, kind of cocked his head. He's like, no. I said, yeah. He said, so am I. I was like, what? <laughs> that was not the reaction I expected. I was expecting a tirade of beratement from him about, you know, how do, how the hell should I be able to wear colors and us and da 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 da. And I connected with this guy. It turns out he had two kids, ages like seven and nine, that he stayed at home with full time. Uh, his wife was the charge nurse at some hospital in Denver. And uh, he loved it. It was great. He's like, I get to spend time with the kids all the time. I get to ride my bike more often. I love it. It's great. And we bonded, like, you know, like instantly. And he was headed west and I was headed east. So we ended up partnering going our separate directions. But, you know, 
I'll never forget that. That was the moment that I embraced the concept and owned it. That I was a stay-at-home dad, and I'm a dad first. So my wife would work hella bad hours, just a lot of hours. She's a subspecialist uh, surgeon, a gynecologic oncologist. So she works on cancerous female bits, ovarian cancer, uterine cancer, endometrial cancer, vaginal cancer. She would leave for work on Monday morning before the kids woke up. And they wouldn't see her again until Saturday. Camden especially. He'd see her at night to nurse, and that was it. Uh, when he started talking, he called her Milk Daddy. He didn't call her Mommy. So Saturdays, she'd usually give me a break somehow or another. She'd take the kids to story time or, or you know, live, let me take a shower. <laughs> you know, uninterrupted. This particular Saturday... She'd taken the kids to the library for a story time, and there was a bar across the street. So I got her all settled in, made sure that she had all the things that she needed. She knew where the bathroom was, knew that here's where the diapers are. If you need, you know, da 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 da. You're good. She's like, yeah, I'm good. It's like, okay, I'm gonna go across the street, have a beer. Text me when you're done, and we'll we'll, we'll walk home. She was like, okay. So as I'm leaving the library, there were some moms that were standing in, in the line there. And as I walk around, one, I hear, overhear one of them saying to the other, isn't that just typical? He just dumps the kids with her and goes and has a beer. Oh, I was pissed. I just stopped dead in my tracks. And I gave her an earful. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I've had these kids all goddamn week. She's giving me a break. You don't know the whole story. Just because the dad's leaving doesn't mean he's a freaking deadbeat. She hasn't even seen him. I just, <laughs> I just went off on this poor gal. She had no idea what hit her. I feel almost bad about it now in hindsight that I just lit off on her. But I needed a damn break. I just needed a time out, you know? I needed a, a, just, a, just a pause. And that's, I think, a concept that most moms understand. Sometimes you need a break. You need a mom's night out. You need to go get a pedicure with your girlfriends or, or you know, have a beer. Whatever it is, you need to take a moment, that what, what I call a cognitive pause. Like, okay, let's go again, you know? Everybody needs that. Everybody does. Don't Tell Stories was born in a dark room with a crying baby. We search for stories that admit the secret and horrible parts of parenting, and we share them so all of us who've been there know we're not alone. Tell us what you think. Tell us your story. Shh, don't tell stories at gmail.com. That's sh with two H's and don't with no apostrophe. Shh, don't tell is created by Middling Grace Productions with special partner Baby Boo's Connection. Many thanks to Jenny Conley for her terrific theme and other music and Colin Oldham for his wonderful additional scoring. Don't let parenting kill you. Talk and listen. <laughs>